Welcome back to One More and We All Go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. And I'm Sean. Sean, that was unprompted. You you have listened. Nailed it. Yeah, I listen to some trashy podcasts once in a while. You could do better. Yes. I'll say that right out of the gate. Sean, happy to have you. Welcome to the studio. Yeah, nice. Very nice studio. Yeah, this is Frank's uh, soir- our soiree it's, uh, here. That's what uh, nine-year-old child labor will get you. Yeah. That's cozy. I like it. I like it's, it, Frank. It's all made in China. That's what I'm trying to say. It's getting better every time. Every time I come down, there's something new. We have improved uh, quite a bit. We get new octagon shapes on the wall. We just added cameras to the studio, though I haven't learned how to use them yet, so I don't know when we'll implement that. I like the vintage Playboy centerfolds. Thank you. That's actually uh, chicks yep. I banged. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Taking it back to full bush. Uh do those, love me some pubes. Those were the days. Those were the days. My wife always gives me a hard times. Oh, you're gross. You like full bushes. No, but I just I like to know I'm with a woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little speechless there. Anyway, yeah, moving on. So we, we got our good buddy. He disagrees. That, was, that, that came out pretty hot there right off the yeah, bat. We really did. So uh, we'll start over. But no, uh, they, Sean, thank you for coming. Welcome to the, to the playhouse here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Sean, you you live here around our hometown. Uh, you've been here how long? Oh, boy. Uh, Becca was born in 94, so she's about 10 months old when we uh, bought that place out there. He's <laughs> being nice to his wife, Fred. He said Becca's daughter. Oh, Becca. Yeah, Oh, Becca. I'm thinking of Chris, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my daughter. She's I thought you were months. trying to be really nice to your <laughs> no. wife. Okay. Uh, Becca was 10 months old. We, uh, yep. Cause Chrissy, so I'm, I'm the idiot in this one. Chrissy grew up in Omaha, and I, my parents lived in Harlan, so every time we go up there, we just take a different way, you know, do yep. some sightseeing and see different shit. And I don't know, we're in Council Bluffs, and I'm like, I'm going to run down 92. I haven't been that way for a while, so I was running 92 to 59, and uh, there was an open house on 92 and our road out there. Yep. Chrissy's like, let's go look at them. Like, All right, let's go look. Because we're living over on 42nd Street, south of the center mall. Yep. And uh, the front of that house was, I shit you not, probably 12, 15 yards from 42nd Street. Yep. And the buses would just shake that house. Yeah. That's a busy neighborhood. Yeah, I've never lived in a city in my life. And you go down 42nd Street towards Med Center, it's just nonstop. Yep. And uh, so we went and looked at this house. and. It sat empty for like 16 years and no well, no septic, no power. Plaster was all falling down. Roof was leaking. Giant pile of garbage. So yep. I'm like, uh, no. Did you buy it from the Ingles? <laughs> <laughs> it was rough, man. It really was. But uh, Well, it sure looks nice now. We uh, 
ended up we sold that house moved in with her parents for like six seven eight months and we worked on that house every night every weekend for about eight months and yeah. then, uh, got it livable and then i said i was going to remodel the downstairs uh once we got moved in and now i'm thinking maybe that'll happen when i retire <laughs> which still haven't got her done but what? chrissy's a very patient lady so we're gonna we're gonna circle back to that retirement but uh, we like to start back here in the early days so you live here in our little hometown Outside of town, I should say. Mm-hmm. So you, you say you grew up in Harlan, Iowa, which is about 30 miles north, 20 miles north where we are. Actually, I grew up in Tennant, Iowa, a town oh. of 49 people. I went to Shelby Tennant, kindergarten through 11th grade, and then uh, did my senior year in Harlan because Dad got a job working for the city of Harlan. Did you do some sports, or were you still in? Because I know you're big into hunting and fishing now. Did you do a lot of that then, too, and as a kid oh, growing yeah. up? That's how I made all my money was trapping, and my mom would run me around in the mornings and run my trap line. And well, I was pretty generous ever at 4 in the morning. Oh, yeah. Muskrats were like 7 and a half bucks. Coons were, you know, 28 to 42 yeah, bucks. That was the 60s. Though. That was quite a bit of money in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good money. So yeah. I did that, walked bees, tasseled corn. That's how I made money. Probably more money then than I uh, ever had uh-huh. living at home. Well... Yeah, well, you've always said I've known you for 20 plus years now, about 25 years. I remember when I met you over there at the Dirtwood with old Johnny. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the first day we met, and you're like, Yeah, they come be a fitter. And I said, well, I should, but I don't want to work that hard. Well, I didn't know you were a rich farmer at the time. <laughs> I, I think I was, mo- I was moving dirt at that time. Oh. I was, well, that's probably why I told you to be a fitter. Yeah, I was running heavy equipment at that time because I was on my way. I got a rain day, and we got rained out. So but, I, finished, I finished my senior year in Harlan, and. Uh, Congratulations, those guys won their 14th state championship. Oh, just today, wasn't it? Yep. Two in a row, I think. Yep. Four, 14 in the history of the school? or Yeah. Wow, that, that is impressive. The boys always got a strong They got a dynasty. Team. It's amazing. You can, uh, you know, Coach Blatt was awesome. It's amazing you can take, take kids like that. You know, college, you're recruiting, but high school, you just... Take what you get. You, know, you get to... Are they a 3A school? 3A. I believe so. Uh, they had yeah. a kid... They had, I think it was around our age. Uh, a guy went to the NFL. Yeah, he was a kicker. Kicker, kicked for Harlem. Dallas. They had uh, a four-year-old kid playing for him and went to the NFL. Yep, I'll be damned. Can't yep. remember his name now. But, oh uh, God, I know his it? mom, which sounds bad to say, but <laughs> we all knew his mom. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> was it Billy Cundiff? Yep. Yeah. I'll be damned. My wife's uh, mom's maiden name is Cundiff. Hmm. A long line of Cundiffs. Whoa. Yeah. I wonder if they're related. Could be. Could be Billy kind of that's a that was wow. a deep that we, was a deep draw there, Sean. Good we job. tackle the hard hitting issues here. Yeah. So so you you played a few sports. You ran a lot of trap lines. Did some wrestling. Tried to play football. I was skinny, man. My freshman year, I certified. Yeah, I'm still a little skinny. <laughs> now I just kind of look like Dale Gribble. But running skinny from the back, <laughs> pot running, belly in the front. But running traps, did you ever have any close calls? Because you're you're up and down on banks and ice and and animals biting at you and stuff. Did you ever have any close calls trapping where someone's biting at you? Or you fell in the trap or anything like that? That's funny you asked that, or did I ever tell you that? Huh? Uh, I don't. Well, if we did, I forgot. Yeah, there's some curves right there on M16, just south of Tenant. They're steep. Yeah, and, I was up there today. So, yeah, you know it's winter frosty and i'm going down that bank and i seen a bunch of dirt so i was pretty excited i knew i had something there and i ended up losing my footing sliding down that freaking hill and here come a badger hit the end of that chain scared the shit out of me i, mean, <laughs> I thought i was gonna get freaking bit but uh 
I don't know. It's just funny. It's one thing I remember just vividly was catching that badger in that trap, and I was so excited. It Were they was, worth anything? It was huge, and I was so excited. I told Mom, we got to take this up to Harlan Anastasi's and sell this. I, I got, we got to see how much this thing's worth. It's just Alive? beautiful. No, shot oh, it. Oh, no, yeah. you got to. Is that what you did? You shot it? Yeah. You shot them all? Yeah. Well, muskrats drowned them, but. That was kind of before I knew how to run drowning sets. But uh, so anyway, we took that. I, I ended up skipping the first couple hours of school to go sell this priceless badger and got two dollars. <laughs> oh, that's they saw you injury. come and said, "We're going to get this." My young mom kid. wasn't very impressed. Well, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was worth. You know, I was used to coons and muskrats and meat. But and those were worth something at that time, weren't they? You ever trap bread? No, I. I I've been with people while they're checking traps, but you know we caught it maybe Dave, Dave and Dan once in a while. Dave mostly, but just once or twice, but not very much at all. Hilarious you bring up the Dave because Dave and I uh, lived together in high school. I lived with his family. Yep. And uh, we ran trap line, and uh, we a were lot. yeah, and we like we run a trap line mornings and evenings, and then go hunting at uh, night. Uh, his dad was pretty big into the coon hunting. I never took you for a big coon hunter. Oh yeah, I was. I, I did it all. Yeah, I ran hounds and used to run into Bill and Dave and went with them guys a few times. And oh, Dave and Dan and Frank, you guys were doing it shit nightly at school, oh, yeah. weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did it all the time. But, <laughs> and I wasn't very good, Sean. Don't think I was some sort so, of... So, well, hold on for you, the fellows that don't and the ladies. Uh, what's, what's you're running hounds and chasing coons. Tell, tell the audience what you're doing. Coon hunting. Coon hunting? Yeah, they, they don't know what's going on. We got, well, we got so basically you just have a here. dog that chases yeah. raccoons up to a tree and then barks at you until you come up and shoot it out of the tree yep so so you're murderers yeah yeah it was uh, <laughs> and then we just leave the corpse there and walk away that's all we want no, no. <laughs> i'm just here for the so carnage did you, did you skin them in the tree too like yeah we would skin, skin them, them we would skin them out there in the field i would uh carry like a dog choke chain with me then I'd just make a loop of both feet hanging over a tree, but skin them right there. Because yeah. some ditches you're going to get anywhere from 10, 15 coons on a ditch, and you might be two, th- you know, these dogs, are they're going to run. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're running, man. You're just following dogs, shooting coons, and you can't carry them whole. So I'd skin them right there, throw them in the backpack. And Is it my, I mean, a good one's going to weigh, what, 30 pounds, a big one? A big one. I think yeah. the biggest one I had was like 34 pounds. That was a pretty big one. But yeah. One crazy little adventure, Beck and I were going out and she was like 12 you know that's his oldest daughter by yeah, the way an only daughter so becca and i we uh we took dogs out and you know it's fall it gets dark pretty early so we went out and we were going to run a couple ditches so get her home for school you know go to bed for school but we dumped them dogs out and they take off they hit they hit track right away bloodhounds no red uh i, I had uh, a mountain cur a blue tick and I had a walker that I got from a guy in Idaho. It used to run mountain lions and uh, bobcats. So that dog had seen some shit. Had seen some shit. I think he said it had uh, yeah PTSD. Had, <laughs> he he'd gotten over fifty some mountain lions with it. I don't remember how many uh, bobcats. And he said probably over four thousand coons been shot over that dog. And he was old when I got him. But people thought I was crazy because I kind of paid. I paid like 350 bucks for a nine-year-old dog, but that dog, he'd get on tree and he, shit, you'd go home, take a nap, and 
you know, go to bed, go there in the morning, he'd still be chopping on that tree. He'd be like, just burp, 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 burp. <laughs> Dog was awesome. One of the best I had. But he loved cats more than coons. So anytime there's a stray cat around, he's going to tree it. But yep. he would get on some bobcat tracks around here, and on, especially on the river. Shit, that dog would run forever. You but couldn't stop him? No. See, but that's bad, though. I mean, shouldn't the training keep him back where you can call him back so you don't lose him? Oh, no. Haven't you ever nuts. been drunk running on a hot scent? You Absolutely. ain't coming back. You're just going to run, man. You're going to wake up in a shitty apartment in South Omaha, and that's just the way it goes. And your buddy's going to wonder where you're at. But coon dogs are smarter than, you know, the average dipshit like you. I'd just lay my coat there in a the road ditch, and the dogs would come back to that coat, and I'll be laying on that no coat in the morning. I used to take chemical glow sticks and put them on their collar and use electrical tape so that I could see them in the yep. dark running. And, uh, well, lost them again. You know, usually I'd throw that coat out. They're always there laying on that coat. Well, they all had my number on their collars. One morning, some guy called me, and I can't remember who it was. Lived right across the road from Mark Mertz okay. in that brick house. Yep. I think Adam Patrick grew up there. Yep, absolutely. I don't know who lived there now or, or back I, then. I you know, know the fellow, but I can't remember his name. This is probably 15 years ago, and uh, he called me. He's like, I have your dog here. He's like, I was in the bathroom shaving. I looked out my window, and I... I I don't know what I was really seeing, but he said, I kept seeing this green light running through my yard. It was my dog with the glow stick on the collar uh, trying to get his cats. So I'm assuming if the, there was no tree to tree the cat on, he'd just kill him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great, great hunting dog. Worst yard dog I ever had. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, it reminded me because when you've never, you said you never. Uh, Never went coon hunting, but I went with uh, Dave one time to check traps after school. And it's about this time of year, so it's cold, but nothing's really iced over. And I'm walking through the the creek, and you know we check a trap, and I throw the coon up on the bank, and and Dave was driving the the truck on the the gravel. It well, it happened that the the hip waders that I was wearing had a hole in the shoe, so it started filling up with water, and I was I was bitching really just a bitch because it was cold. My feet were cold, and I didn't want to be there. And uh, he's like, quit being a puss. Well, you know, if you call Dave a puss, yeah. that's that's a bad deal. Well, I forgot that golden rule, and I said, if, you know, if you weren't such a puss, you'd be down here. Uh, for those that don't know, this fellow was benching 450 in high school at this yeah, time. Just Big fella. Just a massive, just a, a teddy bear most of the time yeah. oh, until yeah. you called him a puss. Just a barrel-chested. Yeah. And then uh, he jumped down the eight-foot embankment into the water, and I thought he was going to drown me because he picked me up by my shirt and dropped <laughs> me, just like just <laughs> baptized me in this creek. <laughs> and then I got out, and I... <laughs> pussyfoot all the way up the bank and then he checks the rest of the traps and comes up at the end of the line i followed him in the pickup he's like i thought you were gonna leave me it's like i'm not gonna leave you in the middle of the goddamn car i i know better than call you a puss dave get in so <laughs> i love was, you man yeah i love you and then we <laughs> kissed and made up i hugged it out i got a little off track there i think i don't know how that beard so, off. But so i was yeah, explaining so back and i we dumped the were. dogs they open up and uh they're just right by the road, you know, 100 yards. And they're opened up. And then all of a sudden, we can still hear them, but it's real quiet. And Beck and I, we got the gun. We're starting to walk down this creek. And it's just really muffled. They're quiet. And, and then we kept walking. And then we couldn't hear them. And then we went back to where we come from. We could hear them. 
we're sitting on the edge of that creek bank and the ground's vibrating. We can hear them and they're like underground. Well, they got on a coon, that coon ran down there, jumped in the water, went underwater into an old beaver hole. Yep. <laughs> they Good went there. under, dogs went, <laughs> dogs went underwater. <laughs> they got in that beaver hole and they had, a, there was three dogs and a coon in that hole and uh, you, we could just hear them. They got in the tunnel system and Yeah, the and they're just down there it just sound like <laughs> beating the shit out of each other yeah all of a sudden the water erupts here comes three dogs and a coon <laughs> that's not ever good because coons will get on top of a dog's head and will drown them oh, really? so i'm trying to shoot a coon off the top of my Moving dog's the, head in a fight yeah while the other two are pulling on the coon dragging the dog underwater but and it's the middle of the night too probably isn't it no it was early he's like 6 30 you know it, well, it was dark though wasn't it? It, was, it was it yeah. was dark but uh we had headlights, you know, wear headlamps so you can see. But I ended up shooting that coon off that dog's head, and we got it. But that was probably one of the crazier things. Uh, <laughs> was it the cheaper dog? No, it was my expensive dog. <laughs> you know, you know that's, how, a good that's how it yeah. always works. So, uh, so that's this started off because we were asking about what you did in high school and growing up. And you say you were running trap lines with your mom. She'd, she'd chauffeur you while you were checking trap lines. Until I got my school permit. And then you'd check your own lines? Yep. She had her own trap line she was worried about. Yeah. <laughs> and stay off my territory, bitch. Stay off my line. So, so you're, you're moving through high school. You play a few sports, you say, doing some football. And you said football and a little football, wrestling. Football, wrestling. Normal small town stuff. Yep. Did you guys go cruising? Do a little, did you do bike sinks? You oh, did, yeah. I know you did bikes for a while. Yeah. Raised some hell on those. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rode motorcycles, go-karts, all that fun shit. And then, uh, no good stories from motorcycles in high school? Oh, probably none that uh, are that exciting, no. Oh, well, that's uneventful. I was safer then. What was that wink about? Oh, it says anticlimactic. <laughs> I was safer back then. So, well, you're, you're still on the bikes up to the Recently, you sold your bike a few years ago, right? Your Harley ahead. Yep. So, uh, you got into Harleys then when you, after you and Chris got married, mm-hmm. and you guys did a few bike rallies with those, uh, you remember, uh, old buddy Rob that was on here, you guys would go to bike rallies together. Do you have any good bike rally stories, old Rob? Oh my gosh! I'm listening. We're, yeah. We got nothing but time. Right? Yeah, we. Probably, what was the name of his episode, Robs? Oh, the Deuce. Uh, the Deuce. The Deuce. Yeah, Deuce. those, those yeah. remember go back two. to the Deuce. Yeah, we probably hit. I don't know. Probably seventy motorcycle rallies over all those years. All right, we got time. It's uh, seven thirty-seven. Not much ever happens. Christian motorcycle gang group, or they hand out free water and talk about God. And we mostly hung out in their tent. Huh, so, all we do. Nothing exciting. You know. So not much happens at bike rallies. But I think you were at that rally now going with old buddy Scarecrow when he said this these fellas came in were punching up a street dance looking for somebody. And I swear to God I told the same story on Deuce's episode, but Scarecrow said one guy got hit so hard his eyeball popped out of his socket. Yeah. I remember watching a guy get you know, and this is you know, I was in my thirties. That guy was probably like my age now probably 55 sitting with 55 60 year old and they're sitting in their chairs because they had clint black or somebody like that playing you know yeah, but it's a big name yeah big name at a bike rally up in algona and uh, that's one of the best bike rallies you know that so we're we're, we're we're standing around i've seen this deal before somebody starts throwing m80s into the crowd right away you know like i said we've seen this little trick so M80's going off in the crowd, and they're loud. And uh, So they're trying to achieve something by that or scare yeah. people? or uh, Yeah. Be a dick. So 
we hear these MAs going off, and they're loud. One landed right by us. So me and Deuce's wife, we walk back there to see who's throwing these M80s because we've seen the smoke come hurtling over where it landed by us. We walk over there, and, you know, Deuce's wife's like 6'2". I'm 6'5", so we can see through the crowd pretty well, and we go walking through there, and... I see two guys lighting another one. Diana's going over there to tap them on the shoulder, and I yell at her, and I'm like, give her the old yeah, cut the not neck. today. Cut the neck sign. Uh, no, because they're just two, two uh, younger kids and vast prospects for the SOS motorcycle yeah. club, and they were throwing M80s. I'm like, no, we ain't getting into that today. And yep. So, yeah, I don't know. So eventually I think the uh, next the guy – over there sitting in them lawn chairs he went over there but i think he said something to him and the next thing i know them people were getting mag lighted hitting the head with mag light and then all hell broke loose and well, maybe it's good you used your judgment your solid judgment on those days and just went back <laughs> to your christian bookstore and we're just over here and keep reading books. i did i yeah, did you know. i need some water <laughs> all right i didn't get mag lighted and that was the main thing well yeah but so that's, that's a goal of anything isn't it <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, don't get mag lighted. Yeah. I think... Uh, no, there's crazy shit. A motorcycle rally it's a good time. Sister. Most time, people just people just <laughs> keep themselves, and, you know, it's just a big party, you know. Right. Good time. I remember, I think it might have been, was Deuce the one telling about the fellow that was coming back through camp up there at Sturgis, and he, because there was a community shower where people go shower, <laughs> and he came back with his towel over his shoulder just swinging this freaking donkey. And it's hanging down to his knees and just walking through the campsite, and all the guys couldn't even look at him in the eye. Well, I'll take Deuce's word on that. I'm, I'm, I don't think I was gazing that day. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to the meat locker, were you? No. no. Uh, there's plenty of those guys walking around, yeah. They're, uh, I don't know what to tell. What? Yeah, well, I can't say that. I blame them. If I was swinging meat, I, I'd be swinging too. Most of the guys ain't swinging meat. Most of the people who are naked at a bike rally are people you don't want to see. Well, I, I don't. I probably wouldn't go up there to look at the dudes anyway. I the guess. ones you do want to see, they're the ones up on stage for the cool down contest. The, the, and most the of them you don't want to see. You don't want to see that either. But you're still looking though. <laughs> Dur. You're always looking. You're always looking. Never seen a, a set. set. Never seen a set I wouldn't look at. <laughs> right. It just some. It's like pizza. There's just some better than others. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we kind of we skipped over a lot of stuff in the middle. I feel Frank. I think uh, I think you're right. So what, what do you what do you do now to bring home the bacon for you and the little lady at the well, home front? Well, before that one, we got to ask the college. Uh, the well, the question college, is yeah. what is the what is the first job you ever had that actually you had to pay taxes? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. Because I doubt you were claiming uh, to tass and corn. I was already paying the man, I think, at a young age. But then I went to work at uh, it was what the hell was it? S and S. It's like a tractor supply store in Harlan, where that uh, used to be the old bomb guards. They just built a new store. But worked at S and S for a few years. Um, Did that. Delivered some dry cleaning in the van. Yep. Uh, Joined the National Guard. Went to Fort Benning, Georgia. Did basic training my training at uh, Fort Banning 11 Bravo yep so did that did six years in the guard my dad was in for like 28 years he was uh, he was a national guard back in the 
late 60s and got sent to Vietnam. My grandpa was in World War II. I was mostly looking for the college money. So, Did you ever think that might be something you wanted to retire with, make a career out of it? Looking back, probably should have done it. But uh, when I was in basic training, I enjoyed that, actually. But the weekends at National Guard drills, it just seemed like uh, for three weekends a month, nothing happened. And every weekend we had drill, there was a big party. So I was yeah. like six years, got out. Um, it was it was good experience. Yeah. And I got, college, got college money. Went to Iowa Western for about a year or so. To study what? Uh, I was taking business management. Really? Uh, yeah, believe it or not. So did that for about a year. They asked me to leave, so then I went and... Uh, <laughs> like I still got some GI Bill. Yeah, I, I still had GI Bill left, but they were, I don't know, something about so, grades. But if I remember right, you're pretty big into Dave Ramsey, right? And did the Dave Ramsey ways. Yeah, yeah. So that, that kind of came across, what, last 10, 15 years? Yeah, I think we started that. I just turned 54 a couple Which, days kudos ago. kudos to you and, for, for uh, minding your P's and Q's. Yeah. In your pennies. So but did some of that, did that go in line with the business training you got in school that say, hey, uh, don't spend what you don't got and all that shit? Not really. I had a hard time getting up going to class. Uh, it was yeah. not really, college wasn't my thing. I mean, right. you know, when you're when you're in high school, that's all they talk about is college, college, college. And, it's not uh, for everybody. It's not. And uh, I think our education system's way outdated i mean we need to have more like uh classes on shop classes trades you know how to change your own oil how to do your brakes home ec classes how to cook balance checkbook you know open an ira roth as soon as you can you know compound interest we need more life skills and less i don't know world history Oh, we need more world history, too, because it repeats itself, yet nobody can quite figure that out So Frank and I have been over this, but there was a basic math class in school, and what they went over was balancing your checkbook and things like that. And looking back now, I'm like, why in the fuck did not everybody have to take this class? Because we were the idiots that they just put into a shed out back. Right, but they were teaching how to balance your checkbook and taking out loans and interest. I'm like, why why did not everybody have to learn this? Because we weren't going to go to college in their eyes, Brad. Yeah, that's true. We were in the dumb math. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're in basic math, they already knew where you were headed. Yeah, enjoy your trade, son. I took uh, college algebra, and I dropped it because every idiot in there kept asking questions on homework. They'd be like, I didn't understand number 35. I'm like, all the odd answers are on the back of the book. Just look at the back of the book. You're never going to use algebra outside of this class. Who gives a shit? See, you were already way ahead of them. Right. You so figured out the answers the point, were in there. Yeah. It got to the point where I was just like, this is stupid. So I dropped algebra. And I went and I took statistics, college statistics, because I thought that's the dumbest math there is. And I'm not good at math. I work on the fucking radio. I don't have to use math for dick. And I get to stats, and it was the same thing. I don't understand number 14. You're never going to understand. You don't need to know how to divide fractions. Just look at the back of the book. (laughs) See, that's what I thought, too. I was so dumb. I took Algebra 1 like all four years, finally passed with a D. Math was not (laughs) my strong suit at all. I hated it. And I'm like, I'm I'm never going to use this shit. And then Frank talks about fractions. Now now I'm dividing fractions and using fractions uh, all day, every day. Well, we probably better get into that. So what do you do for a living? Like we started to say there. But uh, what do you do for a living to bring home the bacon for you and the missus? And obviously she works as a business also, but uh, what do you do for your portion of the income? I'm a steam fitter. 
not to be confused with a plumber. It's very similar. Same, same, right? Quite no, the, not even know. similar at all. <laughs> <laughs> they do roof drains. They, if you poop in it or drink out of it, that's what they do, and they make sure the rainwater goes down the roof drains. Right. We uh, pretty much just work under gravity. You work under pressure. Yeah. Uh, fitters do. I, I've done a lot of stuff. I've been steam fitting almost thirty years, and I have not even done probably thirty percent of some of the things in our trade. I mean. Uh, I worked up the nuke plant, worked at uh, one of Counts Bluffs at the coal burner, uh, worked at a bomb plant. So what were down you doing in while Texas. you're in, the, in those plants? What type of work were you doing while you're in those facilities? Uh, work on uh, a lot of steam, Putting in toilets chilled and stuff. water. No, no toilets. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, chilled water is the opposite bo- of steam. Boilers and coolers. You're smart, Frank. You should have been a fitter. Hey. Well, I'm not smart enough to be a fitter. Oh, I, I wouldn't go that far. They took me. Uh, working a lot of hospitals. We, uh, hospitals, schools. Uh, up the nuke plant, we were doing a bunch of working on some steam up there. And yep. uh, I did a put a chiller in. Me and Deuce put a chiller in down at the Mid-America Coal Burner there in the Bluffs. And uh, done med gas and hospitals. So we do, like drive through downtown omaha they have central plants that have giant boilers and chillers in them they run pipe underground you see all the manholes and the yellow candy canes on the sidewalk yeah so people don't want to pay to have like a uh, stationary engineer so they buy their steam and their chilled water from this plant and that's all through the manholes downtown under the streets we ran a bunch of pipe from the new up building to where the uh Oh, it used to be Nebraska Machinery, the Caterpillar place by the uh, CenturyLink Center, yep, whatever okay. it's called now. Um, it's all hotels and the yeah. Meritrade down there and all Ran that. Ran steam, condensate, chilled water supply, and return under Dodge Street. Uh, but there's fitters that also do ammonia systems for, like, packing plants for uh, freezer systems. I've never installed an ammonia system. Uh, that's kind of a specialized deal. Certain companies do that. Certain companies kind of stick with boilers. Uh, yep. It, it's a really broad range. I mean, we do heat pumps, cooling towers, chillers, boilers, just boring shit that nobody thinks about that everybody uses. I, right. I wouldn't say it's boring shit, but everybody uses it, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, Sean. So underneath the, the streets of a city, is it like you would see in like... Uh, Ninja Teenage Turtles. N- Thank you, Brad. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Ninja Turtles or uh, Ghostbusters and, and the, those movies like that where they have big like open areas with all the pipes and shit running through? No, it's not very exciting. You know, we run that pipe underground. They have, you know, got to weld them. Then they bring a truck and they actually do an x-ray of the weld to make sure that it's good. And then uh, that pipe is, uh, like, encased in fiberglass. And then we have the uh, make a weld. All that pipe comes encased in, like, fiberglass and the ends are open. Which used to be asbestos, right, most of the time? Well, probably in the old days. but Yeah. I'm not that old, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but you probably take a lot of that out, or have oh, your buddy yeah, Terry come yeah. in and take it out, and then you yeah. guys replace it, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. But all that stuff's encased fiberglass. Make a weld, they x-ray it, you put a piece of metal around it, weld that, and then you put spray foam on there, and then like some heat shrink rubber shit, and then more fiberglass. And then, uh, so back to, you know, like you were saying, all those manholes, you pop the lid, you go down, it's like a, I don't know, some manhole's pretty good size, but... 
they'll have like expansion joints for the steam and the pipe to grow right there and that's where most of the work take place is okay. on uh, end of main traps and expansion joints stuff like that so manhole might be like eight by eight ten by ten and it's hotter than hell in there like we did one on 4th July, it was 138 degrees in the manhole, huh. and about 94 outside. When you came up, it felt cool. Yeah. Jeez. And uh, they're dangerous, you know. You yeah, get you... down there and you hit something with a stinger and or break a nipple off on a steam line, you're going to be a lobster immediately. Yeah, but I for every time I broke a nipple off on my stinger. Yeah, it's a big tin <laughs> But I remember you telling me, because I mean, you're down in some of those and crawl spaces, and you're you're trying to do welds with the mirrors and mm-hmm. feel around it because there's not room to crawl in there. I mean, you're yep. pretty much spladunking like you're cave diving, and you're trying to do welds and create these structures and things down underneath these facilities. That's a that's pretty admirable work. Yeah. Admirable, I should say. That's yeah. Not glamorous, but pays the bills yeah yeah so um do you ever feel like you concentrate on being a bully when you're out at the local <laughs> establishments like i'm just gonna pick on these guys Let's that are just personal. doing their own thing because i i remember a story that i'm willing to bring up if uh you are willing to fess up oh, i'd never be a bully let's pull my bullshit card right here i'm gonna uh, play it you got a no, bullshit card? Played crickets. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna play crickets. I'm going to play my bullshit card because I was down to local establishment reading scripture one night, and I'm sitting there with my family and my grandma reading scripture, <laughs> and you and our buddy Rhett ripped me out of my chair and dunked my head in the toilet. You're kidding me. No. You must have had a terrible case of dandruff. I respectfully disagree, kind sir. Uh, I, do, I do remember that. <laughs> No. But uh, I don't think there was much scripture involved. Oh, I was. I, I think we left a party. I was in Matthew's, think, Matthew seven. You're gonna say three sixteen because you see it on football. All the time. <laughs> John three sixteen. Yeah. No, I, I I think we left a party. I think you were pretty primed up, and I don't know what you were doing, but you were heckling me and Rhett, and. Uh, nah, I think I was reading scripture. I'm not really sure how it played out, but I do remember you got a swirly. Yeah. And you, you ever had a swirly at 35 years old, Frank? No, no. At 16 and 17, yeah. Maybe. I might have been 32. 15, 16, yeah. 32. 32. Uh, eight, eight years ago, we go with that. And that worked. Eight years ago? You think it was that long? Oh, I don't know. It seems longer than that. I don't know if you know this, Brad, but you are sometimes, and I'm going to just say sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Sometimes. You were a shit starter. Oh, yeah. I might have been whacking him in the nuts. So... I think be. that was a straw that broke Cannibal's back. I think I got a big hard nut tap, and uh, Rhett had had and I Rhett had apologize. had one before that. And I looked at Rhett and I said, "We got to stop this." Have you done it since, Brad? Nope. So it works. Yeah. Swirlies work, parents. That's why they do that shit. Kids, here. kids not picking up the room. Swirly. I don't, I was wrestling Marshall before he came tonight, and he got mad and started fussing. And uh, I didn't even give him a swirling. He was mad as hell. <laughs> you, you, you were a little mad. You dipped my head in the shitter. <laughs> At I, a bar. I pre I pre flushed the toilet. Allegedly. And I think it was in the women's toilet. So no. that should be clean. That's even worse. Have you heard what those bitches do? Oh, I came out with a big red streak across my forehead. <laughs> who's well, flushing tampons? Oh, who's fucking Simba over here? The women's bathroom cannot be dirty because they always go together. One goes into pee, and I think the other one cleans up. It was the boys, I remember. Because women always go together. Yeah. I think one of them was cleaning in there. One's a pisser, one's a mopper. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I really, I can't believe that. I feel that. like this story backfired on you, Brad. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I, just, I really need to hang out with better people is what it sounds like. Or quit tapping Or quit people hitting people in the nuts. Yeah, I, I, okay, so we moved past your stage of bullying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after, after you got done picking on innocent civilians, uh, you decided to start getting into tattoos a little bit. You've got some nice ink up and down your arms. What made you want to start getting into tattoos? Oh... I think I got my first one at 19. I lived with, uh, we lived at a house called the Boar's Nest on North Broadway in Council Bluffs. It was right next to the Christie Cream. Great big house. There was uh, five or six of us living in that house. And then right behind that was- On the way to Crescent up there? Yeah, as you're going to Crescent, there's that Christie Cream. Just south of it was this great big house. And then it was a driveway, it went up the hill to a pretty fancy cul-de-sac in a trailer park. <laughs> and uh, used to be a bunch of trailers right there. Those words aren't jiving. This, yeah, it sounds made, more made up as it goes. The so, fanciest house in the trailer park. It was, and uh, there were some massive it's parties there. Man. Everybody knew the Boar's Nest, even the Council Bluffs Police Department, because they were there a lot. But uh, we would have massive parties there. Uh, but you guys were doing home tattoos then? Or well, just all your buddies were Well, yeah, I kind of got lost track. But I was living with these guys, and uh, we all had motorcycles. And we were working. Uh, so after I got done at Iowa Western and almost got a degree, I went to work at uh, IBP on the kill floor. And two of my buddies were working there, so I went to work with them. So we'd wake up every morning and go put... 10-hour days and six days a week at the pork plant. And so, you know. Working, I mean, uh, cutting. Hanging hogs. All three of us worked on the the kill floor, and we all kind of worked, like, from uh, where they would shackle them, stun them, shackle them, stick them. And then they uh, would hang upside down for a while, go through some scalding water, and go through the uh, fire to singe the hair. And then when they'd come out of there... Uh, you'd shave the hams and then somebody'd shave, shave the sides with a knife. You just had to have a really sharp knife. Shave the hams. One guy would do the sides. Next guy would do like the uh, front legs and armpit area and around the shoulders. And then two guys would do the faces and they'd go through another rinse and, uh, and then uh, go to where they take a big scissors basically, hydraulic scissors, cut the head, break the neck there where it hang and then you just have to get the head hanging by the skin of their chin and the USDA would check the heads for abnormalities and stuff like yep. that. So we all just kind of work from that point. That's pretty physical, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, I know a lot of it's automated, but there's still a lot of physical rest around, isn't it? I'm just still if you consider if you consider hand. shaving hogs for ten hours a day, six weeks or six days a week, physical, yeah, it sucked. I was gonna say, well, I mean, it's got to be some physical work, though. I mean, manual yeah. labor. It right? was terrible. Worst yeah. year of my life. I'm not kidding. I mean, yeah. well, I've had some shitty jobs, steam fitting, but I mean, just six days a week working on a kill floor. I, you know, props to Abe, it does it because that is. Uh, it's tough work. Yeah, it's hard work. Old, old ham shavers out there. Yep, yeah, all the ham shavers. shavers. Here's to you, because that's uh, it's tough, man. That's that's yeah. tough work. So I worked at IBP, and so one day we decided uh, we we're going to head over to a tattoo shop over in 
South Omaha. Like, uh, we, I remember we went down L Street, and I think we hit, like, oh, shoot, 24th. And we went down 24th and in, and I think it was, like, Iris Tattoo. And I think he was the one that maybe opened that American Tattoo later. Oh. But... Uh, so my buddy, he's one, Brad, had the bright idea that we we're going to get some tats because he already had one from being in the Army. He was in the Army. He had a couple tats, and me and my buddy Wimpy, we were thinking we were going to get some tattoos. So we went over there, walk in, a guy's doing a tattoo. He's got his handgun on the table and a spit cup. And, <laughs> well, you know you're in a good place then, I guess. We picked out tattoos, got one, and... Uh, I picked one out off of some poster, and he put it on me, and it was crooked. So I lived with that for, you know, <laughs> 10 years. No regards on my chest. Pretty much, yeah. I had a, <laughs> had a crooked tattoo, so then I went to get a cover-up, and I did that, and then it just kind of got out of hand from there. Yeah. You were the same guy for the cover-up? No. Still get some? No. Well, you know. I just when I get into something, I get into it. Yep. And uh, whole hog. Whole hog, yeah. I. Uh, it's a callback. So when I was about love it, probably two three years ago, I, uh, you know, I, I struggled with this my whole life. You know, just I, I I get onto something and I just that's it, man. I go deep. You know, I step. Yep. I try to learn everything about it, buy all the shit to do it. You know, and uh, I'll pick up a new hobby and just get into it and uh, I just tell my doctor that uh, have a hard time focusing keep track da, 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 da. so you know all these kids today have ADD and back when I was a kid nobody had that shit because you nobody knew what it was yeah, it's called them dumb yeah you were just a spaz you were a spaz or going to special ed but yeah so basically I had 50 years of undiagnosed ADD and uh, yeah so once I got on some medicine got a little better my uh the lady I talk to, she tells me, ah, oh, maybe you got ought to get diagnosed for ADHD. Would that be a, a similar? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the difference between the two off the top of my head, but, but uh, yeah, one's, one's attention deficit hyper disorder, I think, and the other one's just uh, attention deficit disorder. Yep. So you're getting the H. Yeah. So yeah, you're probably an H. Yeah, I feel like an H. Well, it'd have yep. to be. Who goes around just hitting people in the nuts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback also, Frank. Listening. <laughs> 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 to get a cha-ching sound. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so you're, uh, you're, you're working the pipe. You're, uh, you're right yeah, at you the, are. <laughs> living at the boar's nest. You got a few tattoos. Been murdering hogs, getting ready to go fit some pipe. Well, I was doing an IBP thing, did that for a year. Then I got a job at uh, Fleetwood Travel Trailers out in West Omaha, like 137th and L Street. We used to build uh, Fleetwood Travel Trailers and Avion, so we built campers. I worked there about five years. And then uh, I, I used to build the sidewalls, worked in the plumbing department, and I worked out in the warehouse unloading trucks and basically called material handlers we would uh, say we we're going to build 12 campers so we would pull like 12 microwaves or all the plumbing that goes into these 12 campers and i would make sure that every station had all the material they needed to build the campers and i did that and got to be warehouse foreman and then a kid from carson who i met while i was working there anybody we know dan annan gary annan's son yes huh. Funny story, funny story, and sorry if you're listening, Dan, but Dan was working there, too, and he come to work, and he said, I'm putting in my two weeks. I said, really? What, what are you doing? He says, uh, I got in a steam cleaners union. 
And I said, the steam cleaners have a union? And he's like, well, yeah. I said, for cleaning carpets. He's like, no, they don't clean carpets. They do stuff with pipe. I said, steam fitters union? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm like, wow, good for you. Because at the time, I was trying to get to elect, into the electrician's union for three or four years. And they're like, you need to take some math classes, you know, if you're serious about getting in. So I was taking algebra at uh, Metro at nights. And uh, so at break, I was telling this lady that uh, Dan's quitting. He's getting in the steam fitters union. She said, really? My brother and my dad and my grandpa were all steam fitters. And I said, no kidding. And uh, she said, uh, yeah, my brother, he works in the office up there. So I said, well, I think I might apply. She put in a good word for me, and I went up there and applied, and the guy taking applications was her brother. And she talked to him, and uh, I ended up getting in. So... That'd be in uh, early nineties. Yeah, like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. All right, so so we're gonna fast forward maybe about that time. Is that about when you met your lovely wife? Yeah, I met Chrissy uh, like February seventh of ninety two. You better be right. Yeah, I'm right, pretty sure. <laughs> met her at Bushwhackers. And uh the, the barbershop? <laughs> oh Jesus! So uh, we dated about six weeks, got engaged, and moved pretty quick. I'm a fast mover, bro. What do you? What sealed the deal? Something she did, or something you did? She said, "Hey, we need to get married," or be like, "Hey, I put a baby in you. You know, you got to marry me." Family stuff, heaven, as Eric would say. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty smooth, dude. S- smooth criminal. Yeah. Smooth Man who criminal. knows what he wants. Yeah. He take, so that, that's what surprised me, Sean, is that I thought that uh, that Chris was from around here because I went to church for a long time with uh, her parents. Uh, and then Jim was on the, the rodeo committee for quite a while as well. Yes. And he does a lot with us in the in the lodge and the Shriners. Yeah. And, yeah. So I thought they were from around the area, which is why you guys were here. Right, right. Yeah. So... Uh, we ended up getting married in 93, be 30 years next year. And, uh, well, when we stopped and looked at open house, Jim is very talented carpenter. He worked at the phone company, U.S. West, Quest, Northwestern Bell. You He's know. a great cook, too. He is a good cook, very good yeah. cook. Likes grill. And uh, him and Delin both do a lot of a lot of cooking. They're good cooks. Uh, so... When we seen that house, Chrissy's like, we could remodel this. And I'm like, this thing needs a match and a can of gas. <laughs> so she was pretty persistent. And, it, you know, it's a neat farmstead, nice acreage, two-story house. Yeah, a little bit of gravel, you know. You're only 16, 17 miles from the city. But yep. So she was persistent. She's like, my dad's a great carpenter. And I knew that he was. He had a big shop in their basement. They lived on 60th and Center Street by oh, wow. the petros diner there yeah they lived about three houses up from there so uh we brought uh, her parents out and looked at it and jim's looking at it just seeing opportunities like oh yeah. yeah we could do this we could do that you know and at that time i think i was first year apprentice so i i ended up getting in the fitters Cause you, just, you were early 30s at this point right i was 26 okay yeah because I, I was doing my first year in the apprenticeship because i was working out travel trailer pace 
place making bank, you know, like 12 bucks an hour. Yep. And uh, then Becca was born, and I applied for the fitters, and they called, and I got accepted to start the apprenticeship, so I went back to $6.21 an hour. But luckily, we got to work 7-12s up in Blair at the uh, ethanol plant. you lack in quality, make up in quantity. Exactly. Yeah. So I just worked twice as hard to make the same money, and then we ended up buying that place and uh, had an option to buy five acres to the south, and uh, Jim and Delenn ended up buying three of those uh, five because uh, back then land was really expensive. It was like twelve <laughs> or 1500 bucks an acre, you know. Yep. Yeah. So they bought three, built a house, and uh, that was probably 96, 97. But, okay. you know, Jim and Delenn, they're really active. They got yeah. active in the community and the church. Oh, absolutely. And, they are. You know, I work in the I city every day. In this community for generations. Yeah, and he, you know, he retired pretty early and got really active, and they went to church here, and a lot of people knew him. And He taught me how to make spaghetti sauce. The, from scratch? Oh, yeah. You're horseshitting me. You from, cannot make spaghetti sauce Oh, from yeah. Scratch. From from the lodge, we have our big spaghetti Son feed every year, and he's got an old lodge recipe from the Masonic temples yeah. huh. that uh, he's passed down. I thought they just did brickwork. Well, well, they had to eat sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I think it was, uh, oh, who was the other fellow from Dony that passed away? Uh Harvey, well, Dan Harvey. Yeah, Dan Harvey. He yeah, was I think good. he got it from him. He was a good guy. Yeah, he was a good, solid dude. But anyway, yeah. So he's taught us how to make a homemade pasta sauce, huh. and it was delight. It is delightful. And you, the meatballs. You still make it? it? Well, I took a picture of the recipe, but <laughs> usually when we make it, we start drinking Bloody Mary. Or not Bloody Marys. They drink Bloody Marys. I drink uh, Mariner, little screwdrivers. Uh, but we start drinking in the morning, then make the sauce, go and take a nap, and then they have spaghetti dinner that night. But uh, yeah, it's pretty damn good. Huh. Yeah, they got active. I never really. Oh, sorry, I don't. I, I don't was talking about spaghetti sauce. I guess talk about your shit. Yeah, we'll talk about my shit. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't come here to talk about your shit on your podcast, did yeah, we? I'm listening. <laughs> Already cut out my story, Brad. Let's cut out yours too. You're right. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I just. I, I never got into getting active and stuff like that. I learned early on that no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. We've been over that too. I, we talked. We talked about that. That uh, volunteering or being too nice can uh-huh. really backfire on you. Yeah, learn to say no, children. Right. I have learned that, and I'm very good at saying no. Yes. Yeah. Teach me your ways, O Sherpa. It's easy. <laughs> you just dunk a few heads in her toilet, and people leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. I wondered why you weren't on the radio committee. <laughs> I've been trying to get on there forever. But it's a pretty the, tough screening process. Yeah. yeah, the guy running that now is kind of a... Shyster. Yeah. Shyster. That was exactly the word I was thinking of. <laughs> so uh, so what do you do for hobbies nowadays? I mean, you and your wife, you got your taxidermy shop, her taxidermy shop. Do you do anything to help with that? No. No? So you just sit out there and supervise? You got to be able to. You bring her band aids and everything because she's cutting the fuck out of her hands. Oh all my the god! Time, right? Yeah, she's had so, some. So ha- explain what your wife does so that we can fill a worldwide listeners. Well, Chrissy has like nine jobs. She's uh, treasurer for the city of Carson, deputy clerk, community center manager, babysits the grandkids two days a week, uh, has taxidermy shop. Can't say no to anybody. Oh, count Frank's counting on his hands. Six. That's six. Yep. Three away. And taxidermy. Making food for funerals. I don't know. I'll just keep yep. going. She she, she can't say all. no. She she. 
I've never seen her sit and watch a television show. She's balancing checkbooks, ordering forms for the taxidermy shop. Man. I mean, she just she yeah. never stops. But uh, she's busy, busy lady. Yeah. But she enjoys taking animals apart and putting them back together. <laughs> That's a great way to yeah, put it. Yeah, there you go. Right. People bring them in. She skins them all off. And uh, You ever think about getting her Legos? It's a little cleaner. It's like mm-hmm. taking shit apart and putting it back together. I don't think that shit pays, Frank. Not unless you got a YouTube channel. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> She can do it with pictures of her feet. People pay for that. <laughs> can you do it with your feet? <laughs> yeah, I hear they got some, I don't know, what are they called? Fan pages or something? Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> don't lure me in with your word magic Frank <laughs> oh hobbies now mostly are fishing I used to do a lot of a lot of hunting and yep. uh, don't really do that so much anymore uh, we like her and I are in a bass fishing club so we do like an 8 hour tournament and a 5 hour tournament every month from April through October and we travel around within about 4 hours of here and do club bass fishing tournaments. You and her are a team, right? Um, in the five-hour tournaments, we are. Eight-hour tournaments, we draw names. You get a different partner. So you have boaters, non-boaters. Um, guys that don't own boats can join the club. You yep. know That way they can fish with a guy with a boat at least once a month like that. And yep. Keep... You know, way the we we don't do like weigh-ins like you'd see on TV. Every boat we every boat has a scale and uh, that the club provides, and we weigh our fish. And uh, whoever has most weight, you know, at the end of the day wins. And whoever over the course of the year. So you don't actually bring the fish to a weigh-in at the end. No, we all weigh them right there in the boat with the scales. But thing is, is you got like, someone competing against you. Yes, the guy in my, the guy in the boat is not on your team. Oh, he's okay. fishing for himself. I was going to say, how's that work? Right. On so you catch a fish, and he looks at the scale to verify it, you're not cheating. Right. And I gotta be quick with the weights. You get paired up with the real <laughs> asshole. Be just shoving him down the gullet. You get paired up with the real asshole on your on your boat. No, not really. Really? Oh, no. you can't be an asshole on someone else's boat. Well, you might be on somebody else's boat, and you can You're be, gonna be So Brad's coming on your boat, and he's just fucking dick-checking you. Yeah. Every <laughs> third fish. How do I get a swirly on this guy's boat? <laughs> You're getting swirly in the lake. No, everybody club's pretty cool, you know. I mean, we all got one thing in common, like go fishing. And, and uh, some of these we go, you know, we'll you leave on our— You can't afford a boat. Yeah, leave on a Thursday. We'll go to go to places in Kansas, go to Okaboji, which is always fun in May. We go always there. Always bass. Yeah, yep. and we go to Oak Boji, rent a cabin at a uh, place up there and fish for... You ever go to Triggs? Two, three days, huh? Triggs and Oak Boji? That's the only place I've Didn't it burn down? Thing. Talking about strip club? <laughs> no, that was Boji Nights. I got a story about no, that. No, Boji Nights is still there. The one that burnt down was on the highway there. But... Triggs was just a resort. Huh, never heard of it. Yeah, it caught fire, though, when Rhett and I and my brother were staying there when we were, like, I was 12 and they were 14. Friction. Lightning. Lightning. <laughs> Close. Similar. Yeah. Can't beat Boji Nights, though. Never seen people dancing in play crib before. He looks like a child. Well, child, so, uh, about odd, odd that gathering. particular bar, uh, when my wife was seven months pregnant, 
uh, my brother and I were going out in the town, and it was uh, Victory's 100-year anniversary, 20-year anniversary. I was up there for that. Was it 20 years? This had been back in 07, or not 07, in uh, 13. It couldn't have been too big an anniversary. They didn't last that long. Right, but it was their anniversary party. There's, they had a bunch of stuff going on, and uh, we'd go to a couple bars, and we're buying the cover charge, buying rounds and stuff. We get to the third bar, and my brother's like, oh, I'll get the cover charge on this. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And so we stand outside, and we get in there, and he'd been to Boji, Okaboji quite a bit with some friends of his because one of his friends worked for Victory up there. Excuse me. And uh, so we get in this third bar, and I thought, oh, bush light, and I get my drink. I'm looking around, take a drink. Well, fucking whore over there. He got her shirt off. That's weird. So I take a drink and look to my right, and I'm like, oh, the whore over there's got her shirt off, too. <laughs> I take another third drink, three drinks. Cody, is this a titty bar? Well, yeah. God damn it. I can't be going to a goddamn titty bar while my wife's almost seven months pregnant. You son of a bitch. And so I set my full beer down and walked out and I said, I'm going to go home and tell my wife because I guarantee you if I don't, Cody's going to bring it up laughing three years from now Thanksgiving. Hey, Brad, remember that night we at that titty bar? Like, yep. No, I'm just going to get it out of the just way. Just come clean right away. And, uh, and Jess was upset, and she's like, what, son of a bitch? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I was sitting there. I was trying to read scripture again just like that night at Tony. Son of a bitch. And, uh, but no, I, now I, I don't have any singles. I <laughs> swear to God, I could not. I Looking outside, didn't know anything about it. And I was like, oh, Boji nice. Whatever, okay. And so I go in and. I look over in a corner. I'll be damned. Why is that girl got her shirt off? That's my first clue. Eh, the news <laughs> always beats you home. It's just like KMA. You need Scarecrow on here sometime to tell his KMA joke. It's uh, timeless. <laughs> We'd have to set aside an extra hour episode. Oh, it's a good 10-minute joke, but yeah. it is funny. <laughs> that damn KMA. Sons of bitches. So, what what else you got leading up where, to, to where you are today? Yeah, uh, you're you're what mid fifties, right? Just turned fifty four. So, what, what are you looking at for your golden years? What what do you got going on the bucket list? You have to do before you retire, or after you retire. What what do you got going? What do you want to do? What do you well, want to do when you grow up? That's a good question, Brad. Uh, got three years, three hundred sixty three days till retirement. Then uh, I don't know. Maybe go play trucker for a guy like you. That's right. Um, haul some grain, pay for some fishing trips, I guess. Because you know, I was telling you we bass fish, but we also Caleb and Chrissy and I just bought a twenty foot Lund boat for taking to Canada to go northern musky fishing. So, so it's probably a little deeper. Yeah, it's a deep fee. Um, really wide open it's got a 115 tiller on the back i don't know what that means it's a tiller handle motor in the back instead of having like a steering wheel or a okay. console to like sit. A garden tiller so what's the benefit of that over a console well then you got a wide open boat you don't have a console you don't have the, the you know like a bass boat yep. you got two consoles and a steering wheel right in the middle of the boat well, yep. this well, thing's just this thing's just wide open and when you're musky fishing you got like eight foot six, nine foot six rods, and you got giant musky lures on with sharp hooks throwing them around. You need to be spaced out a little bit. Okay. So, uh, is that more comfortable on long trips? I mean, you're on a big lake and you're driving for an hour to where you're fishing. Is that harder to navigate? No, it's uh, you know, they got nice comfy seats in them. Eventually, we're gonna put some air ride seats in there. Oh yeah. But uh, we started going up to Canada and. Uh, really like catching northern and musky you know because they just put on a hell of a fight but uh good eating northern's one of my favorite fish to eat and well, then like, i would say to clean 
Yeah, you got to get them Y bones out. But I, I prefer eating northern and then uh, probably panfish, crappie bass, perch, walleye. But I, I like northern. It's good, good. Muskies, they used to uh, catch muskies back in the old days and get them up by the boat and shoot them. And then we didn't have very many muskie, and now it's pretty much a cardinal sin to kill a muskie, you know. So catch and, catch and release. Um so we bought bought that boat, hoping to get up to Canada two, three, four, five times a year. You know, as I get retired, and and uh, hopefully a guy can go up there a whole month of July to a place like Lake of the Woods in Canada, and and uh, spend the best month of musky fishing up there. I've never been, but both you boys have, and I know you have quite a bit. Uh, Sean, uh, do you guys have a lot of the bugs up there? I've heard horror stories about how the bugs just carry off some of those places. Uh, I went to, when I went to Canada, I fished at, uh, in Holland's Head, and we flew into a lake in Canada, and that was pretty good. Uh, lake of the Woods, I've only ever been to ice fishing. So bugs were scarce. It's kind of, right. kind of time of the year and where you're at, but then mosquitoes are huge, and, uh, yeah, it, it it can be very, very bad. Are they manageable with chemical treatments and things of that nature? Yeah, we usually have to take like 100% DEET because one year we were up there and we had, are free on that. we had that DEET, you know, which is bad for you, but it's super strong. And that's about the only thing that keeps them vicious bloodsuckers off of you. And Chrissy had a can of that in her little cooler that she had that she carries all her candy bars and snacks in because she gets hangry when she's out on the boat. And, yep. uh so we, uh, I don't know, we're on this lake, and, and you, there's other lakes above it. You know, there's a waterfall coming down, so there's a lake up above. So we would portage, which means we would carry all our rods, rail, tackle, boat, motor, everything up a hill to the next lake, get on that one. And we went all the way across that lake, and then we pulled all our stuff out and portage up to another one. We left the cabin at like 5.30, 6 in the morning, uh, portaged up to this lake to go catch some big northern, and uh, we didn't get up there until probably 10.30, 11 o'clock, because that portage, and you know, you're carrying every, yeah. all your shit up. And uh, so we got up to that, got up to that uh, second lake, and we seen this island so we and we planned we we're going to go up there and spend the night so we all had our own little like one man tents you know so we saw this island and we stopped unloaded all of our stuff that was uh, I don't know, there's like six or seven of us. No and predators in this area, no bears or wolves, things of that nature? Well, the guy that we were with, he's been going up there for 20, 25 years, never had any problems with bears. And we've seen this island, and we're like, this would be a good place to camp. We'll dump all our stuff here, and we'll catch some lake trout, eat lunch. So we dumped all of our stuff, sleeping bags, all of our potatoes, onions, food, vegetable oil, everything we had, you know, to spend a night. And we went out, caught a few lake trout for lunch. Only took us about an hour, hour and a half. Come back to camp, and everything that we had was destroyed. And we realized that wasn't an island; that part of it was touching the mainland. So <laughs> we left all our stuff there. And when we came back, everything was destroyed: potatoes, onions, vegetable bear. oil. Keister just had a brand new tent and sleeping bag. It was shredded. <laughs> looked looked like a cotton field up there on this little thing. <laughs> And Chrissy had her little cooler full of candy bars. The bear got in there, and he bit into that can of DEET bug spray. 
and that was that was the deterrent i think he left her little candy bars alone but that was about the only thing we had to eat so caleb and shane had to go all the way back down to that lake across that one back down to the other lake back to the island that we were staying on on this other yep. lake so they went back to get potatoes and onions and oil and and you know some more bug spray and yeah whatever it was going to take for us to spend a night up there whiskey they didn't get back till 5 30 that night and the fishing sucked and the bugs about carried us away while we slept there and then we were wondering if the bears were going to come back well actually we took all that stuff we moved to another island it was a real island with no land connection no bears no bears so we slept there and the fishing was not that great and that'll probably be the last time i carry a boat motor and all my shit to portage yeah you just go to a lake and fish the lake yeah yeah too old for that now yeah stay see where they put you well, that sounds like a good adventure so, nothing there's no good stories if everything works out right exactly so you do, know do you cheat when you're there to you use the the gullets out of the walleye to catch more walleye uh no no see, we did that when i went up there <laughs> and god damn we slayed them really bait? slayed them you catch one walleye on a lure or a worm or a minnow or whatever, and then you cut out the you know the bottom of their jaw. There's just that little thicker part. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have no cut idea. Cut that out and then you string it. And I don't think any Canada Mounties are going to come down and arrest me, but you just put that on a hook and then you throw it out and then you're just all day long killing them. Oh, we damn. Never heard of that one. Yep. Hmm. I don't think you're supposed to use fish parts to catch fish, but yeah, walleye make good bait. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was insane. Well, I that's is there anything else you'd like to add to your adventure, Sean? Because we don't want to miss any of your uh, great stories, and we're here for the long haul. Whatever you got to share with us, I'll tell you whatever you want to talk about. We've only been here fifteen minutes, so you're kidding. <laughs> Feels like two hours. Who listens to this shit? <laughs> very few people. Yeah, very, very few people. Well, actually. Uh, Brad brought it up before we started talking. Yeah, we I think we had about 1,500. And, uh, well, so far, just in the U.S., we've had 2,215 listeners. You're oh, kidding. Nice. But uh, we were talking about how we were worldwide. And I'll let, uh, I'll let Brad read the list of countries right. we are listened to. In alphabetical in. order. So how, how do people find this? We've got uh, Belgium. The Internet. India. Singapore. Canada. France. Latvia. Australia, China, Germany, Indonesia, Israel, Italy, Kenya, United Kingdom, and Guam. All the countries we're live in. Worldwide. 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 I think they call it World Star, don't they? I think that internet. If you're gonna fight that internet stuff's just a phase. (laughs) (laughs) Like CB radio. (laughs) We used to have a. Everybody was too too ten four good buddy. Yeah, we had a home base radio when we lived in ten. You know, (laughs) my cousins lived in that town. There's like forty nine people would talk on those big home base radios, and you know that that's just had a landline and. You know, be a party line, and these kids today got it made. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't know the troubles we went through back in our day. Because hey, you're what? How many minutes are you using up? Oh, how many? Yeah, I was thinking about having to steal a Playboy out of your friend's dad's closet. No, just dialing up AOL. <laughs> What's this? What's this mean? Absolutely. Is that uh, all we get from me, Sean? I don't know. What else you want to talk about? Uh, hey, we'll, we'll probably. I told you. Of... I told you. I'm not very exciting guy. I like oh, to no. fish, and we we pulled a lot of good stuff out of you. But if there's anything else you you feel like, hey, you know what? Nobody's ever heard this about old Sean. 
we're, we're willing to learn we, right now. Maybe you should mention we've we've I think we've mentioned Becca twice. Mm-hmm. You have got a, yeah, I've got a boy, Dean. He's uh, he's 25. He went to UNO, graduated. Good shit. Got his. Uh, you can check out his, his OnlyFans. Yeah, got his four-year degree there. He works at uh, Trainer State Bank, and uh, he's living here in Carson. Becca lives here in Carson. She married Gage, and they got two boys. So I'm a grandpa. And yeah. How's grandparenting? That, everything you thought it'd be? Oh, it's yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, My father-in-law said if he would have known how great grandkids were, he would have had them first. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's just nice that they come with a bag, and when you're tired of their shit, they go back home. <laughs> yeah. Head along now, little doggy. It's time yeah. to head home. You know, it's just a temporary thing, you know. Right. So just fill them, fill, fill them full of sugar and send yep. them home. 66 yeah. and Mountain Dew. Good. Yeah, I've, I've heard that from guys before. You say their grandkids are around too much. Like, yeah, it's, we kind of need a break. <laughs> no, it's awesome. We uh, took Blaze fishing for the first time a couple months ago. Uh, you know, he likes to come out, sit in a boat, play with all the fishing plastics, you know, yep. put on stuff, and then he'll take them home, play with them in the tub. And, and uh, so... We ended up taking down Corey to go fishing and had his little Snoopy pole, and he thought that was the stuff. The shit? Did he catch something? Yep, he did. Good. Caught a giant, he said. <laughs> Caught a little bluegill, you know. <laughs> we'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd show him pictures of the Canada fish, you know, and then he's like, I want to catch fish. And we ended up, we took him down there, and he had a blast. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's good to see the excitement on her faces. I know Brooklyn, my youngest, is getting into fishing. I sure likes it. My oldest is on the fishing team. He really loves it. But, uh, uh, yeah, just to see him happy about something is melts your heart. And the grandkids probably even got to be that much better. Hopefully I'm going to worry about that for a long oh, time. Oh, no, you're, your kid fucks. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to tell Christy you said that. Uh, please do. Uh, did you say, Sean, did you say that uh, your grandson's name is Blaze? Blaze. Blaze and Slater. Whoa. Those are hardcore names. I like yeah. it. I hope they're not like, I hope they don't grow up to be like accountants and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blaze is a really, <clears throat> that's an old name. Um, Blaze? Yeah. B L. A I S E. Um, it sounds it's an old name because cavemen started fires, and I was like, "Where's the blaze?" <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's an old name. World's got plenty of John Smiths, I guess. Yep. So, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to jazz it up with some kids' names. We we thought about a lot of different things. We went over, you know, Trip and and Abel and different things, and like, yeah, we'll just kind of settle in because. It's kind of it's interesting how the names are kind of going generations. You know the 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 Margarets and Johns and Georges, and then they just yep. move on. Like right now, Caden, yeah. when our kid was busy, and There's nobody, not a lot of Mar, not a lot of Marvins these days. What's that? Not a lot of Marvins. No, not Marvins or Marthas or Margarets or uh-huh. Berthas or. There's a lot of Franks nowadays. Yeah, quite a few Franks. And we named our, our youngest is Frankie because I'm the third, and she was our last one, so we named her Frankie. I know four jets. You know four jets? Yeah. Damn. No way. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'll oh, I hated my name. What a name that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always hated my name because we had 28 kids in our class. Four of us were named Sean. One of them was a girl. And then uh, three boys up. named Sean. And uh, 
of course, those three all spelled theirs S H A W A N, and mine was S E A N. So every time we get a new substitute teacher, they were looking for scene. Scene? <laughs> yeah. See, so heard it? So when you're a kid, that kind of sucked. I hated my name. You see, it's spelled a lot of different ways. You know, there's still people that. How do you spell that? And it's like, you've never heard of Sean Connery? Where the fuck you been? Yeah, that's true. And the, to be fair, S-H-A-W-N, that's the that's the girl version. That's the girl spelling of that. Well, there was two boys and a girl in my class spelled that way. Yeah, and the two boys were wrong. The girl was right. It's like Aaron. You don't spell a dude's name E-R-I-N. True. Hmm. Very true. That's all I have. That's the most knowledge I can drop tonight. Hmm. I'll be damned. You don't say. I expected a lot more. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Sean, we appreciate you coming. Thank you for coming down and spending time with us. Uh, if there's something else you'd like to drop, uh, we'd love to hear it. Otherwise, yeah. we'll, we'll kick you the fuck out of here and we'll just move along. Well, that's about all I got. 54 years and that's it. Long time. Long time. Well, thank you for your time, sir. We appreciate it. You bet. We'll get you another 54. <laughs> Hopefully, but not likely. <laughs> it's one more we all go. My grandma is 99 looking for her 100th birthday coming there up next go. year, so See? that'll be a pretty good party. And she's drinking 25-ounce bush lights. she married? No, widowed. So you're, you're saying, saying there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Sean. You bet. Thanks for having me. <laughs>